I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, we're here for the Hollywood Life podcast. I am here with my co-anchor, Ali Stagnita. Hey, Ali. Hi guys. I'm so excited for this um, exciting interview today. I think it's going to be super interesting. Bonnie and I have been very much looking forward to it and a quick little birthday shout out to Bonnie Fuller as well. Happy birthday, Bonnie. Oh, happy birthday. uh, (laughs) Thank you. The presents in the mail. The presents in the mail. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you, Allie and Jerry. And I'm very happy to be, be to be spending my birthday with you. And I guess we kind of gave away a little bit, um, a little bit of who our very special guest is today. And we are really excited to talk to him um, about so much. He's got, uh, well, it's not quite a brand new show, but first of all, let's welcome Jerry Springer. Hi, Jerry. Oh, please don't get up. Don't get up. Thank you. (laughs) Insert applause. Hi, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, well, I tell you what I do have Uh, last year when we were doing judge Jerry, uh, because of COVID, we couldn't have a live audience. And, uh, you know, when I make my little quips or jokes or whatever, um, you know, I I need to have laughter. Otherwise I, I don't feel fulfilled. So I had a laugh button. (laughs) <laughs> so I literally, I would tell the joke to the plaintiff and defendant. And of course there was dead silence. So I would pick up this button and there'd be uproarious <laughs> laughter. So uh, that's so, how I got through the day. So you would, you would have to literally get your own laughs. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Oh, that's usually the case anyway. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, I am sure we will laugh. We will laugh um, along with you um, during this interview. Now, congratulations, because you're about to premiere the third season of Judge Jerry on September 13th. And that's yes, next Monday. And it's on the CW on weekdays at 1130 in the morning. And, um, you know, you mentioned COVID and, you know, it does look like you've got an audience. And I'm just wondering, like, how did you manage to film it with all the 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 people who are coming to you for judgment during COVID? Well, to be honest, uh, um, the second season, this past season was pretty difficult because we couldn't, I was, I was in the courtroom up in Stanford, Connecticut with uh, my bailiff, uh, Najee, uh, but the plaintiffs and defendants, the parties, uh, they were wherever they were in the country. They were in Arizona, they were in uh, Atlanta, um, uh, Milwaukee, whatever city they were from in filing the suit, that's where we had the cameras. So because of the magic of technology, it looked like they were both in the courtroom with me. In other words, we didn't do like we do Zoom interviews in a box. No, it really looked like. You saw them standing in the courtroom, but they were 3000 miles away. Wow. And uh, but that second delay 
it lost something. I, I mean, it, it, it's hard when I'm just looking at them in a camera and yeah. not seeing them personally. Uh, but this season, the shows you're going to start seeing on Monday all the way through the year, uh, the parties have been in the courtroom with me. And there's, a, there's just more of an electricity. This season is a much wilder season. Um, you know, the, the cases often were almost, not quite, like my old show, The Crazy Show. But this time, the thing which made it a little more serious is they were really filing lawsuits. These are real cases. And whatever decision I make, they can't then go to the court of common pleas and appeal it. So I have to be serious at the end in terms of what decision I make. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a little bit wilder than most court shows. Well, the thing is, like when you say that they can't appeal it. So, I mean, you are a lawyer and yes. now you're a judge on the show. So have you actually been made a judge by by law so that yeah, decisions stand? Yeah, there were, a, you know, there was a quick course I had to take, um, which is normally the case in, uh, you know, if you're an attorney, um, anywhere in the country, you can be, you know, most places you have to run for the office. Mm -hmm. So you get elected. That's how you become a judge. I mean, there's no formal, you don't go to judge school. Right. You know, lawyers become judges. We've even had Supreme Court justices that weren't lawyers. Sometimes they were uh, former politicians. Um, and, you know, that, that were in elective office and then they were appointed uh, to the Supreme Court. So you do have to be in it, but for normally a judge today, you would have to be an attorney just so that you're familiar with, uh, you know, the decisions that you make. Yep. So you took a course. So the people who are coming in front of you, this is serious stuff. You are ruling on their cases and there's, there's, I guess they'd have to appeal to the next level of, of, um, Court. judges it, like the next court of appeals if they disagree well, no it's oh, no. final because this is this is like small claims court this mm, is true of all okay. the court shows usually depending on the state the limit is something like five thousand uh, okay. dollars a lawsuit for five thousand dollars or less uh even if the damages are more than five thousand dollars the court can't award more than four thousand so it's called uh, five thousand it's called small claims court that is true of all the tv court shows so, uh, and you know, when you go to a small claims court, there is no appeal then. It's just that our court is like any other small claims court. When people file the cases, in most cases, they have no idea they're gonna appear on television. They, they live somewhere in the country. They are, you know, and we have producers who every morning get up, go to their computer and look, they're given territories, uh, let's say a two state region. And every morning they look up what cases were filed in their two state region the night before, the day before. And if it's a real interesting case or it sounds interesting, they call the plaintiff and call the defendant and say, would you like to appear uh, on national, have your case adjudicated on national television with me as the judge? If they say yes, we fly into Connecticut and then we do the case. But uh, so it's not like they're going to file a crazy case so they can get on television. <laughs> right. They have no idea who's going to get, but, you know, it's a, it's a million to one shot. And what's the craziest case, if you can tease, that you have seen yes. this season? Well, <laughs> it's hard to pick one. I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you the very first case 
of the year is a little bit different. Uh, there was a ventriloquist, April Brucker was her name, is her name. Uh, she was a, a young girl, but she's a ventriloquist. And she appeared actually on America's Got Talent mm -hmm. years ago. And uh, she now is an act in Vegas. And she signed the contract. And the contract in this show is that each of the performers gets $500. Well, she's a ventriloquist and her dummy uh, May is May Wilson. And she was filing suit because she wanted not just 500 for her, but every other, uh, you know, every other entity in the, uh, uh, in, that is performing gets $500. So she wanted, she sued for $500 per performance for her, um, her dummy. for her dummy. Now, <laughs> oh she, that, believe me, she wasn't the first dummy to appear on the show. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she oh, had an interesting gosh. theory she said, if I appeared alone, you wouldn't have hired me because a ventriloquist needs a partner. So therefore, since the since the dummy is part of the act, the dummy should get paid. You're uh, not wrong. She's not yeah. wrong. I well, don't you'll find out how I ruled and what theory I used, but that, that was pretty wild. That's, that's the first case of the new season. That's we had one other case, which which I did recently, we taped it recently. This guy, it's just a regular citizen. He goes to his next door neighbor's uh, barbecue. They're having a barbecue party. So he shows up, he was invited and uh, you know, they're on the barbecue, they're, they're cooking burgers and chicken or whatever. And the, the person who's hosting the party has a dog. And so he takes the chicken and this guy, the plaintiff, and he walks over to where the dog is. The owner said, because the dog was eating from his bowl, the owner said, don't disturb me. He's very disturbed the dog. He's very protective of his bowl. So he said, nah, I know how to do Don't worry, I'm good with dogs. And sure enough, the dog snapped him and bit his pinky, bit his pinky to the point that it was hanging. And we have the video. So this wasn't made up. It's just hanging there at the side and he's screaming. So he's running out because they're going to take him to the emergency room. And he's, he slams the door on that finger, making it even worse. Oh. Now he goes to the hospital and they wind up amputating his pinky. So he only has four fingers in that hand. And I said, really? I said, yeah, give me four. So anyway, so he only has four. <laughs> Okay, where's my laugh button? I got it. <laughs> okay, I, I laughed too. <laughs> okay, a, a modest laugh, shocking. a chuckle. Okay, so now he's, okay, two weeks, uh, let's say a month later, he goes to his neighbor again because they're friends. And there's no barbecue. They're just hanging out together, having a drink, and the dog's there. And he says, look, no hard feelings, no problem. And he starts playing with the dog again. Oh, Not no. this time. Not this time with the, the food or anything, just playing with the dog. But the dog apparently remembered the guy and he wound up biting his other pinky. <gasps> and sure enough, oh no, that gets amputated. Now you would say to me several things. First, you would say that can't be real, it's all fake. Well, he showed up no with pinkies. no pinky on either hand. And uh, we had the the hospital report, the police report, 
uh, the video. So it was, you know, you can't make this stuff up. And, and the guy was just a, hey, yeah, I guess I shouldn't have played with the dog. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. What? Yeah. What? And I don't want to say he was, he wasn't that bright. Right. But you do like in case I could see that'd be a really hard case because, you know, he contributed. Like, why did he, why well, did he put himself right. in that? Is, that's, and I don't want, well, I'll give away how I ruled, but because um, the show's funny in itself. But he's from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has a strict liability law, which means that an owner of a pet is strictly liable for any damage that a dog does, uh, you know, that your pet does to somebody else. However, there are some defenses. And one of the defense is if you were sufficiently warned not to mess with the animal. So, uh, you know, for example, if you have a pet snake in, your, in a cage and, you know, the owner tells you don't put your hand in the cage and you did and you get bitten, you can't, you know, so. you can't recover. And that basically was the case here. The guy who lost his two pinkies, his son testified in the case and his son testified against his father. He says, <laughs> dad, I love you, but I was at the party. You were warned not to play with the dog and you did it anyway. So there was wow. a lot of drama there. It was um, the cases, even though they don't get to be more than $5,000. They're often fascinating because it has to do with human behavior and the amount of money to the rest of the public is irrelevant. It's not about the money. It's about what people do, what makes them angry, why they file a suit. And a lot of these cases, if somebody bothers to go to small claims court, you know, they're angry. Right. Why else? Because you're not, you're not getting a lot of money. When you go through all of this, it's because you are so ticked off. It just really upsets you. And uh, so they come to the court oftentimes with real anger. What do you, like you've dealt with so many, like here you're dealing with crazy situations and family, there was family involved, a son testifying against a father. And then of course, in the Jerry Springer show, you had families all the time. Why is there so much anger and conflict with families? What has, what did you, have you observed over all these years? Well, uh, nothing has changed. The only difference is we now have technology. There is nothing that ever happened on our crazy show that isn't already in the Bible, isn't already in Shakespeare, isn't already in great literature. The human dynamics, particularly among families, you know, with Shakespeare, it's almost always a family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Thanksgiving dinners have always been real battles in most homes. You know, there's always one relative that, you know, lately it's all been around Trump. But in prior generations, there were other things that people would argue about. And uh, so that's not new. What's new now is with technology, you know, at first, then we had television, you know, in, in the in the 90s. But now to think that any show, for example, I ever did was nuts. All you have to do is go to social media every single day, every single moment. And people are revealing everything about themselves, the most private things about them. 
they are angry on social media. You know, it gives them, it almost gives them license, at least in their own minds, to say anything they want about anybody and not face a consequence. Yeah. And that has caused a lot of trouble. And obviously now with the pandemic and all the misinformation that is put out there, all, you know, and even in elections and stuff like that, it's like this, we've got this wonderful invention and yet it can be abused. And it is, it's just like the same thing when we got atomic energy, what a wonderful thing for our, for society, for civilization. And yet we can nuke people and end the planet, you know, in five minutes. So there's always a plus and a minus with each uh, invention with each stride we take forward, there's always a consequence to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that lack of accountability and um, it makes it is is a major thing these days as well. Kind of similar to what you said on social media, and yeah. that it has led to so much misinformation. I was watching the news yesterday, and I said, "How do we get here? That this was not the founding fathers did not. I just don't think that they thought humans would go like wayside. Like it's like yeah. people are acting nuts." Yeah. Well, one of the problems is, and we give great reverence, and in most cases we should, to our fine founding fathers, but there is no way they could have known what the world would be. The things we argue about today didn't even exist back then. Wow. You know, there's... Uh, Though some of them did, you know. True. Oh, I mean, they, they were arguing they, about slavery back then. We're still arguing. Oh, oh that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, human behavior, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. The situations would necessarily would uh, be somewhat different, but the basic human beings getting along with each other, being able to govern each other, uh, discrimination. Look, America started as a white, um, the only people who could participate were landowners who were male, white, and of some substance. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of financial substance. And, uh, and, and we, we were a racist society. We, we founded America by slaughtering Native Americans. Yeah. You know, it's, and now we're debating whether we should teach our kids the truth. I mean, literally we have school boards around the country that are basically telling teachers, don't tell our kids the truth. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. tell our kids that Jefferson owned slaves and had children by slaves. Don't tell them that. Well, you know, that's it. Let's, let's raise our kids and and lie to them. Yeah. You know, you've mentioned that as a judge, I mean, you're taking your job very, very seriously and you're studying the case law and what the law is in the various States that you're going to be ruling in. Um, So let me ask you, this is a, a, one of these questions like were you surprised as a judge by the supreme court ruling on the texas abortion law because they didn't follow state precedent the way you're following it precedent no i i thought that decision look i have great respect for the institution of the supreme court Mm -hmm. but we have had throughout our history periods of time when the individuals, when some of the individuals on the court um, are not worthy of our respect. Uh, And 
what I see with this court, particularly with this decision, is I see they are political hacks. Mm -hmm. I see they are uh, dishonest. And I see they are secretive, uh, gutless. And what I mean by that, they're political because they get appointed based on a particular political point of view on an issue such of abortion. There is no question with the Federalist Society submitting a list to the Trump administration, uh, these are the people you can appoint. Uh, so right away, these people were selected because of what they would rule on Roe versus Wade. I say, so that's how they are political. And uh, I say they are dishonest because every one of them that was appointed. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Testified under oath before the United States Senate that they would honor precedents. Every one of them. We can look at the video of them saying that. I will respect precedent. And the first, not the first thing, but within the first few months of their term, what do they do? They do everything to, in a sense, overrule Roe versus Wade. So they lie. That's why they're dishonored. They're gutless because they didn't hold hearings. They didn't have oral arguments. Um, they didn't have any substantive discussion, nor when they gave their opinion, did they tell why they ruled the way they did? So the public is left in the dark and the courts are left in the dark, the courts under the Supreme Court. How are they gonna rule in the future? Because we don't know what the reasoning is. This was a disgusting, and not, not to mention the disrespect this court has for women. Uh, you know, you are basically saying that a woman is not to have control over her own, her own body. I believe that the Texas legislature is in a sense, the American Cal, uh, um, Taliban, is that what you're Taliban, saying? Taliban, right. Mm. They're the American Taliban. And except for the uh, absolute violence, if you remove that, virtually everything is the same. Uh, whether it's the Texas legislature or the uh, Taliban, that women are, uh, are not to be respected. Um, you have to follow the dictates of this particular religion. Um, we, we won't respect elections. We uh, won't respect the media. We'll cut off, cut off the free media. Uh, we'll call them the enemy of the people. The only way that you can tell the difference between Texas Republicans and the Taliban is that the Taliban wears masks. <laughs> very good point. <laughs> yeah, very good point. Now, wow. you, were, you were the mayor of Cincinnati. Pardon? I said a mic drop. Yeah, that was awesome. Drop. That was, yes. Um, I so respect your opinion. Me too. And um, you were the mayor of Cincinnati and you ran for governor of Ohio. And yes. I think there's another Ohio race that's going to be coming up. Would you consider, I mean, you're a judge. Would you consider now running no. for governor? 
Uh, no. Uh, Ohio couldn't use you. Uh, I'll move well, to Ohio and vote for you. There are, <laughs> but there are a lot of people. I'm 77, and uh, uh, I think I'm I'm too old. I mean that it requires a an energy, and and plus, you know, at my age now, my grandson is our grandson has become the center of our lives. You know, I want to be able to so much time has been devoted in my family to my career to my you know it's uh you know i'm still very active i contribute money i give speeches i support campaigns um so i'm very active but i don't need to be the candidate and i'm not even living in ohio right now so it would result in me moving back and it, it's just would i love the job well sure you know for my interests, that's a great job to have, but it's not about the job I would like to have. It's, I can't honestly say that there aren't people more qualified um, to be governor. I'm very happy to offer my two cents. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not shy about opinions, but uh, you know, there are younger people that will have the energy and be around for a long time, you know, so. Well, I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of a pe people in Ohio who would who would want your opinion when that race comes up and and to be interested in who you're supporting. Okay, I'll run. Oh my god, <laughs> boy, honey, you feel the draft? Yeah. Oh, woo. What right, his draft. wife's gonna come in here. Oh man, boy, put the sweater on. <laughs> um, I want to make sure I, I asked you one other question before we maybe talk more about the show. You worked. You were on working for Robert Kennedy's campaign when he was assassinated, and Sirhan yeah, Sirhan is up for parole. You know what do you, how yeah. do you feel about that? I guess you're um, too. So uh, your, your I, opinion. To be honest, I mean, uh, I'm. It's okay. Uh, I mean, what he did was the most awful, horrendous, whatever, and it. Uh, I think it. it it altered American history because the situation would have been different. I'm not saying there wouldn't have been other problems, but certainly the war in Vietnam, had Bobby lived, the war in Vietnam would have ended a lot sooner and how many tens of thousands of lives would have been saved by that. And uh, we wouldn't have had Watergate. Um, I mean, there are so many things that happened as a result of him not being president, you know, and it looked like he was going to get the nomination and I think he would have beat, beaten Nixon then. Uh, so obviously it was horrible, but um, I don't believe in the death penalty. And, you know, the fact that this guy, uh, Serhan Serhan, has spent his whole life in prison now um, and he gets out at 75, 77, however old he is, uh, you know, I, it's not it's not even worth my time thinking about it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he's irrelevant now. He did a horrible thing. And um, the punishment is what it is. I've always thought that life in prison is a, is a higher price to pay than the death penalty. The death penalty, you go to sleep, you know? Um, and, you know, you're probably scared the couple of days before, but, you know, that's, and the death penalty doesn't stop anybody. Right. The death penalty is not a deterrent. And the reason it's not a deterrent is that people that commit murder are either hired hitmen, crazy, drunk, drugged, or in a rage. And none of those are conditions whereby you think of consequences. 
-hmm. A hitman doesn't suddenly say, "Mm, okay, maybe I won't do it because, you know, you just, or someone, you know, who's being abusive or whatever is just suddenly in such a rage and lashes out or draws a gun or grabs a knife. These are horrible things, but it's not, you don't think of consequences. If you thought of any consequence, you wouldn't do it. Right. And so therefore I never saw the death, the death penalty, what a death penalty is, it's revenge, which is an honest human emotion. Now, make no mistake, God forbid it ever had been someone in my family. Well, sure, that would be my personal feeling. But I don't think you can make public policy based on someone's personal feelings. I think it's more important for society to say that we so value human life that uh, we, you know, we will not destroy another human being, um, you know, unless it's self-defense. Mm. And sometimes a war is somewhat self-defense. Um, but other than that, no, I, I, I just don't think that's the way to go. I'd rather put these people in prison forever. Yeah. Um, Jerry, you've had such a incredible career. Um, what's the secret, would you say, to just longevity, always coming up with new ideas? I mean, you're 77 and have, you know, in a third season of a new show that you've come up with. Um, well, I'm still looking for something that I can do well. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so if I just keep looking for new jobs, one of them I'm going to nail. I'm telling you, wait till I'm 96. I've got an idea. I'm going to hit the nursing homes oh, and I'm going to, yeah. I want to, that's going to be my tour. No one, no comedian does a tour of nursing homes. And I'm thinking if I did that, first of all, I wouldn't have any problem then with keep telling the same old jokes because no one in the home is going to remember. remember. <laughs> yeah, I can go every day there and get a same so nursing I, home. That's that's going to be that. That's my new. Uh, in fact, I you know my wife and I we talk about it, and uh, you know if, if, when we're looking for a home, it's got to be one that has a social program. Definitely. Um, in, where, in a nursing you know, home, you're already checking yeah. out nursing homes. Yes. So when the day comes and I go in a nursing home, I could, you know, when they have the social hour, they'd let me do five minutes, you know. I all <laughs> don't. Oh, don't stand up. Don't stand up. Oh, they can't. They can't. Uh, that's so good. I can't. I don't see you going in a nursing home for a long time, though, Jerry. I just, I, you have your spry. I, I don't hope think so. you're going to nursing home. This is just the third season. Of, yeah. of Judge Jerry, yeah. you did yeah, 27. Yeah, my contract's too long. They won't let me go, yeah. <laughs> 27 seasons of the Jerry Springer show. So it seems to me you got 24 more seasons to go. <laughs> well, I did let NBC know that I will be retiring on a serious note when, when I'm 104. Oh, um, there you go. So, you got time yeah, that, for another 23. Yeah, because so. I want to enjoy, I <laughs> yeah, enjoy my retirement. Yeah. Right, exactly. So when I'm 104, that's it. You're done. All right. Well, I think that we got some good, 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 strong few more years out of you. Well, I hope so. Thank you. Thank you. Did you finish already filming the entire season? Yes. Okay. Uh, Last Friday, last Thursday. Okay. Last Thursday, we finished. We had something like, I think, 220 uh, cases or whatever. So, yeah, we had a full year. Do you regret, like, is there any decision that you made that you already want to get in touch with them and go, wait, come back? Or or do you feel like- Well, I I do admit there are times that 
I give a decision because I have to, you know, I, you know, I can't say, I, I don't know, <laughs> go to someone else. <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> so, uh, and there are times that I think about it. Well, I could have gone the other way. Um, I, I'll tell you what, what the dilemma for me is. There is the moral answer and there is the legal answer. And they're not always the same because laws are not always passed based on moral reasons. Laws are sometimes passed because lobbyists on one particular interest are able to influence the legislature or the council right. to pass this, which will protect yeah. our happens, industry. Happens a lot, right? Yeah. So, uh, but I realize I have to fit within the law. So I always first try to find if I were their dad or their grandfather, you know, I mean, what would I say to my own grandkid if he came to me with a similar type problem? And, you know, I, it, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't discipline him, but it would always be done out of love. In other words, what is the right, fair thing to teach him? Then once I've got that in my mind, then I try to find how can I fit that into the law if there's a conflict? And that's the tough part sometimes. But um, and so when I the cases that I sometimes rethink that evening after I'm home, it's, uh, you know, I, I wonder if I could have gone the other way, what it would have been. So, yeah, there's occasionally that happens. I, I can't imagine that wouldn't happen to any judge. I mean, unless you're not paying attention, you have to realize that some of these cases, you know, they usually don't come to court if it's an obvious answer. Right. Yeah. Do they always listen? Like, do you feel like, um, like, do you have any of, uh, can we, are there episodes that we're going to see where the, the people, the people you've ruled on, like, they just won't accept it. And is there, well, there are cases, there are cases where the people won't listen. I know that as soon as they leave the court, I mean, they've got to pay the fine. I mean, you know, they're, in other words, the decision is the decision that's not going to change but they're not happy with it. Yeah, that, that, that happens. But what I've noticed, which is kind of, I'm, you know, with my show, the, uh, the crazy show, I was in virtually everybody's home for every day for 27 years and always as myself, you know, and if they forget the name, they repeated it, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> That's why they always do it twice so they don't forget. <laughs> so um there is a when they come to court they know me in other words they are constantly saying well jer instead of judge jerry judge. you know you don't nice. go into a court and say hey bob <laughs> so it's that familiarity so they do particularly the young people they do seem to listen and pay attention and they're you know afterwards when they get interviewed so many of them just are, say, well, I didn't like the decision, but if that's what Jerry thinks, you know, there's a lot of that, right. you know, like I'm their, uh, their uncle or whatever. And uh, so I find that it, it, there's a nice feeling when they're there. They know, I, they know I'm not there to hurt them. I'm not going to gain anything by being mean to them. And I often tell them that. I said, look, I'm not making a judgment on your character. You could be the nicest person in the world, but I want to tell you why you have to take responsibility for this. Mm -hmm. You borrowed your friend's car for your purpose and it got in an accident. And you think it's fair that your friend 
whose car you borrowed, borrowed should pay to fix the car. You drove it for your benefit. You weren't even running an errand for him. Right. And, you know, and when you explain it like them, they are much more willing to, okay, yeah, that's true. I'm not happy, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds, it sounds like Judge Jerry, that your, um, your plaintiffs, your defendants, that they really, I mean, you have their respect. And I mean, that's a big deal that you've got the respect of your court. Yep. Well, what makes it a little different. Than, yeah, well, thanks, thanks. But if you think about it, what makes it different than regular courts, when they get asked by a stranger calling them on the phone from the court system, or from Asha, saying, do you want to have your case adjudicated by Jerry Springer? Let's be honest. If they didn't like me, why would they say yes? So going in, mm-hmm. you kind of know that the people that are coming before me are okay with me. They trust you. Right. Yeah, or be fans. Otherwise, you would never, you know, if there was someone on television that you really didn't like, you wouldn't say, yeah, let him decide my case. No, you'd say, I'm staying away from that. So, uh, Do you yeah. think if your show, like we're in a, such a divisive time right now, do you think if you still had the Jerry Springer show where there was, you know, it, it got into like some brawls, like, do you think you would be able to keep control of that now? Or do you think that the whole mood of the country has gotten so wound up that- I think the moods change. I don't know that you could start my show now. In other words, I was able to continue for so long because it just became, it became part of the background of, people just knew I was there. Culture, right. And so it wasn't, it wasn't viewed as, oh my gosh, anymore. It was, yeah, that's Jerry Springer. It, it, it's in a sense, the name became kind of an, an idiom, kind of an adjective. Boy, I'm having a Jerry Springer moment. And everyone knew what you were talking about. Um, so, but I don't think someone new could start that right now because they wouldn't have had that 27 years of building up a familiarity. And in nowadays in the climate, I don't think stations would touch it. Mm-hmm. And so much of what was said, particularly in the earlier shows by some of the guests was really incorrect, uh, politically and morally, et cetera. People were saying things that nowadays you would never get away with saying and for good reason. So yeah, the times have changed. I don't think you could start my show, that old show today. Mm -hmm. Well, we are really happy that you have launched Judge Jerry and that uh, you know you are giving so much thought to your def- your uh, what would you call them who come in your court? I don't like call them plaintiffs, defendants. To the, the parties, the, the parties. parties, the parties yeah. who come to you to render a decision, and like that that they are like you know that you've really thrown yourself into this, and there's going to be a very exciting season ahead for everybody who tunes in to watch you. Yeah, you can't wait for season three. Well, thank you. You'll get a lot of popcorn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we got a laugh button. We'll have to all get all of our own laugh oh, buttons. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Well, guys, 11.30 a.m. on the CW. Yeah, and in some, it, um, actually, you should check your local listings. Okay. Because it's syndicated, so... 
in every market, it may be a different station, different time. Yeah. Amazing. Well, look up. But, but for everybody, it's starting on Monday, September 13th. So perfect. Got it. Everyone it's tune in. fun talking to you guys. A lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's really great talking to you. We will have to, we'll have to make another date. Yes. You got it. I don't know okay. what to wear. Oh, well, I like your rented shirt. I'll, rent another, I'll have to rent another outfit myself. You've got a rainbow yeah. shirt. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> All Thanks. right. Bye, guys. everybody. Thank Thanks. Bye. 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 <laughs>